Um, if you missed last week, it uh, was all about how so often in life we, we go through this experience of life and we collect things. They get attached to us. And, and, uh, and so this entire series is trying to get rid of the things that have attached themselves to us that keep us from experiencing God's best. And sometimes at the holiday, it seems like this gets even uh, bigger and more robust. You know, it, it seems like it gets even accentuated in our lives that, 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 that everything that we've collected Collected, or everything that's kind of come into our existence seems to come up. I don't know if you experienced that, but last week we talked about how we collect this stuff and how stuff sometimes can get in the way of what God's best is and how it can sometimes weigh us down at the holidays. And this morning, though, I want to focus in a little bit more on this topic of, of getting rid of some things. But in particular, I think the thing that we need to get rid of is mental clutter mental clutter if you know what i'm saying the things that get in our brain that clutter our thinking that clutter our thought life and they keep us from god's best they keep us from being able to experience real focus you know what i'm talking about like it's amazing like when you're focused how much you can actually get done when you're focused, how much you can really intentionally focus on the people that matter to you. You know what I mean? And so when we get distracted, when we get distracted, when our mind gets so full of clutter, sometimes it's really hard to see God's best. Sometimes it's really hard to enter into this, oh, even this season that at Christmas time, it's hard, isn't it? It's hard to see everything that God wants us to see when we're so distracted by the things in this world. Now, I wanted to read just a brief definition of distraction because I think it's important we get rid of this in our life. But distraction is, listen to this, a pulling apart. Isn't that interesting? A pulling apart separating, a drawing of the mind in different directions. If you think about that in your context or the places that you feel most distracted, it's really hard to give people and God our best when we are feeling pulled apart, when we are not feeling focused. And this is the thing that we've got to see is that the devil, and this is a key thought for you, and for me, is that the devil doesn't need to destroy you. All he really needs to do is distract you. Get that. He doesn't need to just destroy you. He just needs to get you distracted. Because see, when he gets you distracted, he can keep you from the things that God wants in this life. He keeps you from the things that God wants you to be doing. He knows that if you are God's, that he can't take you away from God. But he absolutely knows that he can kill, steal, and destroy everything that God wants to bring into your life through your obedience to him, through your focus. And so he tries to distract us. And perhaps you know what I'm talking about. Perhaps you woke up this morning with all kinds of distractions, even so many that you thought about not even coming. And I'm just so glad that you did because I believe God has a word for each one of us. There's this powerful story in the book of Luke. Perhaps you heard it, but it's about, it's about staying focused on the most important things. Listen to this. This is in the gospel of Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. 
Perhaps you've heard of Martha. I don't know if you have. Well, Martha had a sister, and her name was Mary. Then in verse 39, it says, She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. So she was sitting there at the Lord's feet just soaking it in. You know what I mean? Just soaking it in. And Martha wants to say something to Jesus because through her lens, through what she's seeing right now, this makes sense to her. Have you ever had one of those moments that things in this world make sense to you? You're like, this makes sense to me. But then you share it with someone and they're like, what? It like comes out of your mouth and, 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 and then all of a sudden there's this kind of sense of like, oh, that was, that was not good. Listen to this in verse 40. But Martha, it says, was distracted. Say distracted. By all, all the preparation. Look at that. All the preparations that had to be made. Because you know, if you were hosting Jesus in your house, you would want to make some preparations. That's not unreasonable. That's not ridiculous. And so she was distracted by the preparations. It goes on and says... The Bible says that she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Jesus, won't you tell her? You tell her. You go get her. You tell her. You tell her that, that, that she needs to be helping me. Now, before I dive into that, I do want to say this. If you feel yourself sometimes being the Martha, right? You find yourself in that place. And I think it's important you understand that you're important. Like, like the Bible is not trying to say that Martha's are unneeded. Matter of fact, Martha's are really needed. Because see, Martha's get things done. Like we need Martha's. We need people who are committed to doing those things, to, to, to making sure that when you come to church, you have coffee, right? Planning for those kinds of things, that they actually thought about you showing up. Because some of you, you're wired in such a way that if a bunch of people showed up, you wouldn't even thought about offering them coffee. And then when it happens, you're like, oh no. And so you find some like Folgers coffee. And you throw it in some kind of jug and you cook it on the stove and you hope there's no grounds. And you serve it up. Cook some coffee, as they said. But see, we need Marthas because they're so important to helping us get things done. But I think this passage is, is trying to help us see that sometimes, sometimes in our life, we can get distracted. And we get distracted by the things that aren't as important. Because listen to this. So Martha goes to the Lord and says, will you help me? My sister, I ain't doing nothing. Tell her to help me. Verse 41, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. I like that. Martha, Martha, calm down, woman. Let me talk to you a second. He says, you're worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed. Matter of fact, indeed, only one. And so he goes from lots of things to few things to one thing. Did you see that? And in a moment, Jesus simplifies her entire experience in a moment. 
And I guarantee you, when Martha opened her mouth, she thought Jesus was going to be like, you know, Martha, you're right. That lazy sister of yours, Mary, we got to get after her, don't we? Well, come on, Martha, let's go get her. But that's not what happened. That's not what happened. Jesus, Jesus tried to get her to see that, hey, 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 you're looking at all this stuff. Your mind is divided. You're distracted. And because you're distracted, you're unable to see the thing that matters most. And Mary seems to have found it. And so Jesus says, Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Isn't that powerful? See, Martha had a good heart. She had a good heart. But see, she was distracted. She was distracted by all the things that didn't matter. And how many of us in our life get distracted by the things that don't matter? In the moment, they seem to matter, right? Because we wouldn't be yelling at people if they didn't. And in the moment, we're like, yes, this is the most important thing. But we discover that the grand scheme of things are really not that important. Have you ever had one of those moments where you gave all of your energy and passion to something or someone or some situation and maybe even lost your cool? And then you stop and you think about it for a moment and you're like, what was wrong with me? Why did I do that? Because our mind gets divided. Our mind gets distracted. We stop seeing the focus. We stop, we stop gaining focus in our life and we get confused. And so Martha had a good heart. She was just distracted. And Jesus says to her, only a few things matter. Indeed, only one. Martha wasn't doing anything bad. She wasn't doing anything wrong necessarily, but she wasn't doing what was best. And sometimes in our life, we're doing good things. We're just not doing the best things. We're just not doing the most important things. And that's why it's so hard and so confusing sometimes for us to figure it out. Because what we're doing is good. And people would even, like, you have even friends that come to you. You're like, yeah, that's good. You keep doing that. It's good. Because it's not that it's bad. It's just not best. It's just not the most important thing. And so, so often we, we have these difficult choices between not just good and bad, but between good and best. So that we don't get distracted around the things that God has called us to do. And I believe this 100%. Your spiritual enemy is committed to getting you as distracted as he possibly can from the best things. Because when the enemy can get you distracted from the best things, he takes you off mission. He takes you off of your focus and then is able to steal, kill, and destroy everything that God wants you to have. And on top of that, not just about you, because it's not all about you. We found the Bible teaches. The other thing that it shows us is that it takes us away from advancing the mission of God, our purpose, the reason we're here. We're not just here to feel good. We're here to advance God's kingdom. And when he can get us distracted, we lose focus. And so how is it, how is it as individuals and as a church that we keep the best in front of us? How do we do that in our lives? Well, I want to share just three thoughts with you. The first is, is that we diminish the distractions. We diminish the distractions. I believe every force in hell is trying to keep you from being focused. God 
wants us focused so that we can continue to do what he's called us to do. But listen to this in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 35. I am saying this for your benefit. This is Paul speaking. And so if Paul is saying to you, I'm saying something for your benefit, what should you do? I think Paul has a word for all of us today. And so he is saying this for our benefit, not for our harm. Get it? It's not to hurt you. It's to help you. So it's for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. How many of you believe this and have believed this in your life, that God is just only interested in restricting my fun? It's interesting that somehow that's the relationship we have with God. That he's just a God that sits up there and says, no, 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 you can't have fun. Sit there and frown, you dirty rat. God's not like that. God wants us to have joy. God wants us to experience the fullness of life. But, but what happens sometimes is we see God as this restricting agent. And what God is trying to get us to see is that it's not the restrictions that he puts in our life or the things that he puts in our life to help create boundaries or whatever. They're there to help us, not hurt us. Because God knows more than we do. And you know what I'm talking about because you've went your own way before and on the back end of it, experienced the pain that God never wanted you to experience. And if you had just listened to him on the front end, <laughs> you wouldn't experience that pain. And then we get mad at God. We're like, hey, why'd you do this to me? And he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you did this to you, not me. Come on. 1 Corinthians 7, 35 keeps going. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best because see paul had a very single-minded focus and that was his life in god's hand and whatever it meant that's what it meant it's very simple and guys how many times in our life do we complicate that and paul knew what god's best was and that we would serve the Lord best, and listen to this, with as few distractions as possible. I like that. I like how he connects God's best with as few distractions as possible. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, Ben, can you give me my phone real quick? This is, uh, I forgot to bring it up here, but thank you, sir. So some people refer to this as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Phone. Right? I mean, this thing is attached to us. It goes everywhere with us. Did, did you know that the average human being can't go 10 minutes without picking this thing up? 10 minutes. Some of you are worse than that. You've heard me talk about it. Like, I don't know if you're like me. Sometimes when I get to a stoplight, I'm like, hey, hey. <laughs> And I'm telling you, I feel like a, when I, when I see myself do it, it makes me feel like a rat in a cage. You know, like somehow this technology has gotten me to get my little treat. And every time I get my treat, I go do the behavior. I don't know if you ever feel like that. I feel, I, felt, I feel that. The Lord was like, see, you've got to see. And it's like this distraction sometimes in our life. If we can't go 10 minutes without picking this thing up, guys, no wonder we can't stay focused. No wonder we can't have any focused time. You know, this is true. The average person spends two hours on social media a day. 
two hours on social media. And believe me, I'm sure, I, I'm not against social media. I think it's actually really helpful sometimes. But guys, come on. Two hours a day. And then you think about that, like you spend those two hours, what'd you gain? Like, what'd you really get from it other than angry? You know, you read some article or some comment from somebody that you don't even know. And now you're stewing in your little cubicle at work, which you shouldn't have been on Facebook anyway. You should have been working. Quit stealing from the company in Jesus' name. But there's this thing on this phone. I don't, if you have an iPhone, there's this thing on here that they put on here that really is a bad deal. There's this thing called screen time. If you go to your settings and go to screen time, oh my goodness. So like go to screen time and click all activities and, and, and it'll show you what you were doing, right? I was, I was, I was just looking. So yesterday, well, yesterday's not a very good day. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Get your phone out. <laughs> but like you look at this screen time thing and it starts to say, okay, you spent this amount of time here, this amount of time there. You picked it, you picked it up a total of, like it actually gives you your pickups. You could go look and see how many times you picked this thing up. The Father, Son, and the Holy Phone. You picked this thing up. And, and, and it, here's the point I'm trying to make. Not that technology is bad or you shouldn't have a phone or even look at your phone. I'm just saying that we live in a world that's constantly working against the thing that we really want. Because we all want a life that's, that's absolutely focused and dedicated to the things that are best and most important. And yet, sometimes we have things in our life that keep us from it. We have things in our life that keep us from God's best. Matter of fact, if you're younger in the room, there is a good chance you will, by the time you're dead, you will have spent seven years of your life on social media. Seven years! That should make us go, whoa! Because I don't want to get to the end of my life and that's where I've spent seven years of my life. And it's not that it's bad. It's just not the best. It's just not the best use of your time. And the thing I've learned about time, the older I get, is you don't get it back. Like, literally, it's gone. Like, when? Just now. It just left right there. It's gone. Never getting it again. That moment we just had, gone. Never getting it again. And, and, and I think sometimes we just forget that life is short. And guys, you've got to hear this. And this is the thing I want you to hear so much is that your life is too important. Your life is too important. Your calling is too great. Your God is too good for you to get distracted on the things that are good and not on the things that are best, the things that matter most. Because I know this, it's hard to have connections with people when I'm distracted, isn't it? It's hard to have real intimacy with people when I'm distracted. 
You know what I'm talking about. You've been at that little coffee meeting with someone and you're talking to each other and you're having maybe a good conversation and the person keeps checking their phone while they're doing it. That bothers you, doesn't it? It annoys you. It's just like, what are you doing, man? Can't you just see me for five minutes? And sometimes we forget that there are these people that matter to God and they should matter to us. And we should spend our time focused, working towards those relationships, towards what ultimately matters. Because here's a thought. I don't think we think of it this way, but what if we thought of distractions as sin? Like if I, you know, like, because normally it's like, oh, that's not sin. That's just kind of like, eh, not so good. But what if we did? What if we actually put it in the category of sin? How would we approach it? Would we handle it differently? Would we think differently? Like every time I pick up my phone, if I felt like I was sinning, what would I do? Hopefully I'd be like, I don't want to do this anymore, Lord. And I think sometimes, and I'm not saying just picking up your phone's a sin, but I think when we neglect the people that matter most, woo, doggy, you got to see that. When you neglect the work and the purpose that God has for your life, how do we not think that that's a, could be sin? How's that not even possible? It doesn't even enter our mind. Listen to this. I love, I love this in Proverbs 5.8. This is talking about the, this adulterous woman. Uh, and, and Proverbs 5.8 kind of has this play where, where this man is walking down the street and he's walking into this environment where this adulterous woman is coming for him, right? Like it kind of sets it up this way. But listen to this. It says, stay away from her, the Bible says. In other words, he's like, don't even walk down the street, Cletus. Like, go the other way. He says, stay away from her. Don't go near the door. Don't go near her house. Why are you even in this environment? Don't get close to it. And sometimes in our life, we have all these things that we put in our life that get us close to the line. Close to the line, but just not over it. And then we wonder when we're having a bad day, when we're hurt, angry, lonely, or tired, why we step over the line. Well, you're too close to the line. You're on the street. You're walking towards the problem. And Jesus is trying to get us to see, stay focused. Don't get distracted. If you have to, put the phone down. If you have to, stop stop spending two hours a day on the social media. You know what I'm saying? Stop, stop doing this. Put this over here. Matter of fact, some of you have people in your life that are distractions. Now, look, people are good. No, they're not. The Bible says they're not. So that's not true. But there are some people in your life right now that are actually taking your focus away. They are distracting you from what God's best is for your life. Some of you are dating somebody right now that is taking you away from God's best. Some of you ladies in the room, you desperately want to get married and you're dating somebody that doesn't love God and you're compromising because of your desire to be married. Men, some of you are doing the same thing. You're getting distracted and you're not going to have God's best. You, it might even be good. 
You know, you might even get that house with that white picket fence and a couple of kids and a nice little car to drive. You might get it and it might be good. But why settle for good? Why not go for God's best? Why not put it all on the altar and say, God, it's for you. And so we got to diminish the distractions. Number two is we got to focus on what's important. We got to focus on what's important. Listen to this in Proverbs 4, 25 through 26. Set your gaze on the path before you, right? With, with fixed purpose, the Bible says. Look straight ahead. Ignore life's distractions because they're going to come. They're coming at you. Right when you walk out this door today, you're going to experience some distractions. And the Bible's trying to get you to see, to stay focused, get fixed on the thing that matters. Watch this in verse 26. Watch where you're going. Stick to the path of truth and the road will be safe and smooth before you. That is an amazing promise. Now, I don't know if any of you guys have heard of this stuff called slacklining. You ever heard of this stuff? So what it is, is like, I mean, just in a simple form is you have these two trees, so to speak. And, you know, just off the ground, you know, maybe a foot, they tie this line, okay? And the line is not taut, but it's, it has some give to it, you know what I'm saying? And so it can bounce up and down a little bit. So, so what these guys do or gals do, they get on this thing and they literally are able to walk across this line without falling off. Now, if you've ever done it or tried to do it, you know that that is not easy. It's like that thing at the fair, you know? I don't remember that. What is that? That, that, that thing you'd climb? Yeah, that thing. The, that thing you'd climb up trying to touch the bell, you know? And everybody tried to do it and they never could do it. You know what I'm talking about? Some of you never been to a fair, I guess. But it's kind of that similar concept. It's like, it seems so easy. I can just do this, right? I'll just, I'll get it. And it's not. And it, it bounces, it gives. Matter of fact, it might throw you right off of the thing. But the thing about slacklining that's really interesting is, again, it's not this simple, but one of the major things that you have to do to get across is you have to focus yourself on a fixed point on the other side of the line. And you have to stay focused on that fixed point if you want to get across. You get it? And the Bible is trying to say, look, you've got to stay focused. You've got to get your mind and your eyes and everything focused on the things that matter most. Because if you don't, you'll give in. The things that you thought were important, you'll start to let them leak out a little bit. Because most of us don't wake up one day and say, you know what, I'm just going to ruin my life today. <laughs> I, I mean, that's my goal. It's, it starts to leak. It's just little stuff. It's, you know, it starts to distract, little this, little that little this, little that, and the next thing you know, you're not looking anymore at the focus. You're not, you're not focused on Jesus. You're not focused on his purpose. You're focused on everything else that the world is doing. And you're wondering, why can't I get across? And it's because you're focused on the wrong things. You're being distracted by many things, Martha. And our job as followers of Christ is simply this. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first God. Seek first in every area of your life. And the Bible says that if you will do that, he will add all things unto you. 
that the kingdom of God will be realized in your life. The things that you desire, the places that God wants you to go will be realized in your life when you fix your eyes upon Jesus, when you seek first the kingdom of God. Does that make sense? Is that we get so focused on the things that matter most, and that is Jesus. Because see, here's the thing. You're never going to wander into righteousness. You know, you're never going to just stumble into effectiveness. You're never, you're, you're never going to just accidentally stumble into honoring God with your life. Oops. I'm here. It, it, it takes intentionality. It takes a fixed purpose. It takes a willingness to say, no, that's, I know that's good, but it's not best. And I'm going to put that over there and I'm going to focus on what's best. Proverbs 4.27 says it this way. Don't allow yourself to be sidetracked for even a moment or to take the detour that leads to darkness. Sidetracked, detoured, distracted. So we've got to focus on what's important. And then finally, we'll end with this, guys. Number three, last thought is that we have to listen to God's voice. We have to listen to God's voice. Listen to this in Isaiah 30, 21. The Bible says it this way, and your ears shall hear. Your ears shall hear. A word behind you. So, so the Bible's saying that you're going to hear something. You might not hear it audibly. You might hear it in your mind's eye. You might hear it in your conscience, but you, you're going to hear it, all right? And so, and your ears shall hear a word, and that word will be behind you saying this. This is the way, walk in it. When you turn to the right, when you turn to the left, see, God is telling you where you should go, where you should go here, and where you should go here. And so often in our lives, we think, well, God doesn't speak to me. Let me just say this to you. The Bible says just the opposite. So if you've believed that God doesn't speak to you, you need to understand that the, that the Bible says he does. Our job is to hear. Our job is not stumbling into righteousness. Our job is to train ourselves to hear the voice of God. Because he's speaking. The Bible says that we will hear a voice behind us saying, go here, go there, go here. That's what we should be experiencing. And if we're not experiencing that, we've got to press in. We've got to realize that something is off, that we've allowed ourselves to simply go towards the good and not the best. If we're not hearing what God is saying, we've got to press in. You are not going to accidentally just hear God. You have to press in. And begin to understand how he speaks. Begin to understand what he's saying and how he works. And how do you interpret things? And God will help you with this. I believe he speaks to you. And one of the ways that he does that is through his word. And so often in our lives, we're never reading it. Like in a room like this, a large percentage of us aren't ever reading it. And we wonder why we can't hear God. And we wonder why we get distracted. And we wonder why we can't keep our focus 
on the things that are best. And I don't want you to experience guilt over that. I want you to see that God has more for you. That he absolutely wants more for you. He's speaking right now. Will you hear him? Maybe this message was for you today to finally say, you know what? I am committed to hearing what God has to say. I'm committed to hearing him. And I just encourage you to press towards that. We have this great way for you to begin to learn to do that in the lobby. If you go out there, there's a place that says Bible study or something on it. We teach you how to study the Bible. We teach you how to go towards it. There are journals out there. There are reading guides to help you get started. We even have free Bibles. But you are going to have a really difficult time to hear God if you're not in his word. It's going to be really hard for you ever to hear what he has to say. And I don't know about you, but I don't want good. I want God's best. I don't want to get distracted. I don't want to get defeated. I want everything that God has for me. And I want to build his kingdom as long as I have breath. And I hope and pray that that's something that you desire as well. Because this is the thing I know. This pastor shared this story. I thought it was so, such a vivid story. He was talking about how when his kids were little, he had this obsession, because uh, he's kind of a little OCD, but, but uh, he had this obsession where his kids would constantly be putting their little hands on the window. And so there'd be all these little fingerprints all over the window. And he had like six kids. So can you imagine? And he'd come home from work every day and he'd just be, he would walk into his house and he would see these windows and he'd just be like, oh gosh. And so he'd have to go and he'd scrub them off, scrub them off, scrub them off. I mean, he would just constantly be scrubbing the windows, trying to get rid of these ridiculous fingerprints that his kids kept putting on the window, right? And he tells this story and then he kind of gets to the end of it and he says, you know, embrace the fingerprints because someday they're going to be gone. And so often in our lives, we get focused on the things that aren't right. We get focused on something over here or, or the fingerprints or this thing or that thing or that thing at work. And we lose sight of the things that really matter because someday those fingerprints are going to be gone. And the question is, is what do we do with it? Did we steward what God gave us? Did we move towards the best? Did we stay focused on the one that's worthy of my life? That's my prayer for each one of us as we enter this season together. Let's pray. God, we all have to admit, if we're honest, that we've allowed things to sometimes get in the way. We've been distracted. Maybe even this week, we gave in to temptation. We gave in to the distractions. We weren't fixed on you. We were fixed on the work, but we weren't fixed on you. And God, we just want to ask your forgiveness. If that's you today, just, just say to the Lord, Lord, would you forgive me? I, I, I'm sorry for allowing myself to be distracted. And will you show me this week? Will you... Help me to hear your voice better so that I might stay focused and fixed on the things that matter most. God, would you forgive me for how maybe I made stuff or work or whatever it is more important than the things that you wanted me to focus on? Just forgive me. Will you help me be better? Help me, help me to do better here. God, I need you. 
you know, with heads bowed and eyes closed, I, I do want to ask you this question. I don't know where you are in your journey. Uh, even the idea of having your eyes fixed on Jesus might be a foreign concept because you don't have a relationship with him. And see, the Bible says that you can. The Bible says that if you will confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is who he says he is. In other words, what does that mean? That he was born as a baby. He grew into a man. He went to a cross unjustly, was tortured, murdered, and died with purpose, a fixed purpose. And that was to see you get back to God, to build a bridge between you and God that had been broken. And so when you confess, that's what you're confessing. You're confessing a belief in that. You're confessing a belief that three days later, Jesus beat death, was resurrected from the grave, and as a result, created that bridge for you. And so when you confess, you're confessing that. And then the Bible says you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. And so all that God asks is that you would have faith in this. That is what pleases God is faith. And so what I want to ask you to do today is if you're not certain of that, if you, if you haven't made that decision, that best decision, that today would be your day, that you would, that you would solidify that relationship. And so on the count of three, I just want to ask you this question. If you walked out of here today, do you know that you know that you know that your relationship with Jesus is secure and that your eternity is secure with a God who loves you and desires a relationship with you? And if you don't, then let's solve that problem today. And so on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to do something as a statement of faith, as a confession, as a, I'm, I want that in my life. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand on the count of three if that's you, and I want to be able to pray for you. And so right now on the count of three, here we go. One, two, three. Go ahead. Just raise your hand up if that's you today. Today's your day. God bless you. All right. All right, church. We're going to pray together. No one's praying alone in here. And so if you raised your hand or if you wanted to raise your hand, please play this, pray this prayer with us as a statement, as a confession. Church, let's pray together. God, we need you. Would you forgive us of our sins? Will you be our Savior? Will you be our Lord? Will you change me from the inside out? Will you give me focus? Give me purpose. I choose this day to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Can we celebrate those that are making decisions today? It's so good. Amen.